morning, everyone. Whenever you're out driving, or maybe if you're in the Castlewell Road at the present time, you, you, you'll see a sign, slow down. Uh, and being in church is very much like that at the present time, slow down. It's lovely to be able to sit in church this morning and to slow down and to reflect upon a God and his beauty and God and his blessings and his goodness to us. Uh, and indeed, in church life, we have the opportunity to slow down uh, with just currently uh, a meeting in a church for a morning service uh, and then other opportunities of worship online. So as we slow down, we come to unite together in worship this morning and we want to share with you a, a warm welcome and trust that wherever we are joining from, whether it be here in Rough Island, whether it be through the internet on Newry Street, whether it be from Ecuador or Japan, and we trust that you will feel welcome as we worship God and that God will be with us and speak to us. Now, uh, I have at the outset a couple of announcements relating to our ongoing ministry. Uh, youth worship continues online this evening from 5.30pm uh, with Mark Annett. So if the young people could uh, plug into that, that would be great. And then this morning, Sunday school recommenced from 10am online using Google Classrooms. The teaching material uh, becomes available each Sunday morning from 10 o'clock uh, and then you as a family can organise a convenient time in your house to use those resources. Uh, the resource pack, if you haven't received one yet, are available if you've ordered it in the vestibule. Uh, if not, uh, text yourself and we'll arrange to get you the resources. Uh, and just to remind you that we're still uh, seeking to fill the position of Sunday School uh, Superintendent. Kirk Session, meet on Tuesday night, half past seven. Midweek Bible study continues online on Wednesday night, again from 8pm, uh, as we follow our series in the Ten Commandments. And that is followed then by a Zoom prayer meeting uh, at 8.45pm. Uh, and again, if you would like to be involved through Zoom with the prayer meeting, contact myself uh, for the codes. And can I just encourage uh, and, and to use the word encourage, can I encourage those uh, who profess faith in Christ uh, to connect in? It's just at the present time, uh, it's a personal concern of mine that so few of us ha have a heart or feel inclined uh, to gather over Zoom. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, it's not really mine either, but it's the times we live in. Uh, just to come and to pray uh, for our congregation and to pray for others. And this past few weeks, we've had people from different countries and different places join with us for prayer. Then if we move to think about Harvest Thanksgiving weekend, which is traditionally the first weekend in October, just to say to you that this year, our Harvest Thanksgiving Sunday is Sunday the 4th of October, and it will be a morning service here at 11.30, as well as being online. By way of preparation for that, this year, uh, with the COVID restrictions, the congregation are not required to come to decorate or to come to provide items for decorations. Now, if you are in the habit of doing that, uh, and if you would like to bring a donation of non-perishable foods, uh, we can have that collected in crates available outside the church door, and that then will be passed on to the local food bank and that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, so the items can be left in the crates 
next Sunday the 27th of September or Sunday the 4th of October. In our worship today, we're continuing our series in the book of 1 Samuel under the theme of respect. And we'll be learning about respect today for spiritual and political leaders who have been appointed by God to lead. And to encourage us and to remind us in our call to worship, we're turning to Romans chapter 13 and we read verses 1 to 2. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Let's come before Almighty God who sets those authorities in place in prayer. Let's pray. Father God, we have certainly a joy within our hearts to be able to gather uh, to worship you this day. Lord, if nothing else, the sunshine as it comes upon us, uh, that smell and scent of harvest, Lord, encourages us from within to come before you in worship. And Father, as we gather this day, as we come in prayer, we realize, Lord, that as we slow down and reflect upon ourselves, our lives and our actions, our words and our thoughts, uh, that that we are people, Lord, who are prone uh, to bend the rules. Lord, we're people, Lord, that are inclined to want to break the rules. Lord, whether it be as simple as the sign that says, keep off the grass, there's just an inclination to want to walk across it. And so, Father... There is that inclination to rebel, that inclination to defy those in authority. And Lord, that spills over into defying you and your word and your authority. Lord, we're a people who are inclined to rule our own lives in our own way. And so we come this day, Father, and ask that as we repent of that inclination to rebellion to sin that you would forgive us for our sin lord that you would cleanse our hearts and our minds lord that you would guide our actions so that they may be more pure and more holy lord that we would seek to follow your way because your way and your plan is best father as we come we pray that You would teach us from your word. And Lord, as we come to understand more about your authority and more about your guidance and your direction and your sovereignty, we pray, Lord, that our hearts would be softened to respond in obedience, that we as your people would have a greater desire to love you and to obey you and to walk in your ways. So, Father, as we learn more about respect, We pray, Lord, that you would teach us about respect for our spiritual and for our political leaders. And Lord, in that, may we gain a fresh understanding of our need to respect you because you are the ultimate King of kings. You are our God whom we worship. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As part of our worship, we remain seated as we listen and as we reflect on the words of praise 
all people that on earth uh, do dwell. And these verses help to teach us about respect for the worship of God, respect for the plan that God has for us, our church, our town, our country, and indeed our world, and for those who he employs to bring it about. Now, uh, apologies just to those uh, this morning who find it difficult to see the words on the screens uh, as the monitor in the balcony is still not working, but hopefully uh, that will be resolved for us for next Sunday. Uh, so, the words of praise. Bible reading this morning is from the book of 1 Samuel, uh, chapter 26, verses 6 to 17, and will be read to us by George Dawson. The Hittite, and Abishai, son of Sarai, Job's brother, who will go down into the camp with me to Saul? I will go with you, said Abishai. So David and Abishai went to the army by night. And there was Saul lying asleep inside the camp with a spear stuck in the ground near his head. Abner and the soldiers were lying around him. Abishai said to David, Today God has given your enemy into your hands. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of my spear. I won't strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, Don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said, the Lord himself will strike him. Either this time, either his time will come and he will die, or he will go into the battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. 
Now he had the spear and the water jug that was near his head, and let's go. So David took the spear and the water jug near Saul's head, and they left. No one saw them or knew about it, nor did anyone wake up. They were all sleeping, because the Lord had put them into a deep sleep. Then David crossed over to the other side and stood at the top of a hill some distance away. There was a wide space between them. He called out to the army and to Abner, the son of Ner. Aren't you going to answer me, Abner? Abner replied, Who are you who calls to the king? Abner said, You're a man, aren't you? And who is like you in Israel? Why didn't you guard the Lord your king? Someone came to destroy the Lord your king. What you have done is, is not good. As surely as the Lord lives, you and your men deserve to die, because you did not guard the Lord your master. The Lord's anointed. David, looked, look around you. Where are your king's spear, water jug, that were near his head? Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is that your voice, David, my son? David replied, Yes, it is, my lord, the king. Thank you, George, and we pray for God's uh, blessing on that reading, uh, and verse 9 of, of that reading becomes our text for today, but David said to Abishai, don't destroy him, who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? So, boys and girls, good to have you here today, some here, I'm going to be all over the place today, am I? I'm going to be all around the church, so it is brilliant uh, to have you as we carry on thinking about this word, a respect. And as we work through this word respect, we have thought about R, we have thought about E, and today we're coming to the letter S. And I'm sure there are many things that you'll be thinking about that relate to the letter S, but it's always good to recap and to remind ourselves what we have already learnt about the letters. So we have learnt about the letter R. No. We have learnt about the letter R before we come to E, about remaining calm, uh, about being reliable and doing what we're saying, uh, about responding in the right way, and about reflecting good manners. Uh, and we looked at the different ways to be mannerly. Then we learnt about the letter E, about esteeming, building others up and building ourselves up, about celebrating together, about engaging. If we're to be somewhere, if we're part of something, we engage, we show up, we participate. And then we do something that helps to make people happy. Put a smile on their face. We say, look, you encouraged me. You did this to help me and I want to thank you for it. So that was R and E, and this week we're thinking about the letter S. Sorry. S. We're thinking about the letter S, boys and girls. Okay? And the first thing I thought about that was stay positive. Stay, stay bright and bubbly. I know it's not easy every day, but isn't it nice whenever you're going about with a smiley, happy face, isn't it? Is it nice to bounce out of bed in the morning and say, what a great day, rather than go, oh, go on, get off, oh, 
You know, I don't really want to see a face like that. So, stay positive. Look on the bright side. And then, have respect. Now, we're thinking about having respect for other people. But it's good to have respect for yourself. We have respect for who we are. For what we can do. We can't do everything. But we're thankful for the gifts that God has given us. So, we have a respect for who we are and what God has made us. And then there's the word shame. And I was thinking about shame in the context of don't shame others or don't show others up or or don't blame and let them down. So it's easy to embarrass someone or it's easy to make them blush. But that's not a very nice thing to do. So don't shame or don't put the spotlight on others in a nasty way. And then the other, the other big letter, uh, or the big word for the letter S, is speech. Now, I'm sure, boys and girls, you're at that stage in life where every day of the week you are chitter-chatter, chitter-chatter. Is that right? Yes. And you say loads and loads of words, some small, some big. They're all words. And this morning, as part of this letter S in respect, I want us to think about our speech or think think before you speak and that this is something that applies to the wee ones to the middle aged ones to the older ones it applies to us all to think before we speak uh, and if you think about the word think you can think is it true H is it helpful I, is it inspiring, encouraging? N, is it necessary? And K, is it kind? And that reflects some of the things that we've been talking about in R, E and S, about respect. Think about all those words. And you know this, boys and girls, sometimes it can be the wee word that causes the most harm and the most hurt. But think about all the words that you use and how you reflect your respect in the words that you use with the people that you meet. Now, it's great to learn all these things, isn't it? It's great to learn about how to show respect. But then we have to put showing respect into practice. So we need to think about some of the places where we can show respect. And I have, I have put up some extra we slides because I know you're in, you're in different, different schools, so we've thought about the different schools you're in. So be respectful, firstly, at home. Be respectful to those that you live with. So that's a great start. Then, as we think about church, be respectful in church as you gather and as you participate and do different things. Be respectful at your school, whether it be Ive or Bronte or Drummadonnell. Be, be respectful to the boys and girls and be respectful to the teachers. So, think about S, about staying positive, about the respect for yourself. Don't shame others, but think particularly about your speech. Think before you speak the words. And sometimes, folks, it's very respectful just to stop and to listen. And that's what we've been encouraging this morning to stop and to slow down and to listen to God and be respectful 
to him. So I hope that that will encourage you and that will help all of us to grow in our respect to the people that we meet and play and work with. So thank you, boys and girls, uh, for your attention. Uh, And as I said, if you haven't uh, got Sunday School packs, make sure you um, check if they're in the vestibule. If you've signed up, they should be there. If not, text me and we'll get that sorted for you. So let's now come uh, to God in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, we're thinking about this small word respect. We're thinking, Lord, about the impact it has on our life and the life of others. Lord, the impact it has in our homes, in our church and in our schools. And so, Father, we want to pray that as we learn more and more that you would teach us and that we would all grow in respect. Lord, your word calls us to have respect for those who are spiritual leaders And so we pray, Lord, for our spiritual leaders here in our congregation. Lord, we pray for our Kirk session uh, as they lead us, that they may have much wisdom uh, for their meeting on Tuesday night. Lord, we pray for those in Sunday school uh, as they teach Sunday school online, that they may be guided and directed with much wisdom. Lord, for Mark as he uh, leads in youth worship. Father, we ask that each one that is involved in whatever way that you would grant them guidance and direction. Lord, we come uh, and we pray for our Sunday school. Lord, we thank you for the online teaching. We pray, Lord, for the appointment of a Sunday school superintendent. Uh, And Father, we come also and we pray to you about the prayer life of our congregation. We pray, Lord, that there may be many more who will be encouraged to pray corporately uh, through our midweek prayer. prayer meeting. Lord, there are many who are faithful in their home and on their own and we just pray for the encouragement and blessing it brings to be able to unite our voices and and join together. Father, we come uh, and we thank you uh, for those who are involved in our AV team. Uh, Lord, it's a demanding time for them as they get to grips uh, with different ways and different equipment uh, and different time scales and so we pray uh, for your blessing upon them and for all those who are involved in this important ministry. Lord, as we're thinking about political leaders and governments today, we pray for our political leaders. Lord, we pray for our leaders in government, both good and bad, knowing, Lord God, that in accordance with your word, they are being used by Almighty God to bring about his sovereign plan for both people and planet. And so, Lord, at times we may struggle with things and situations, Help us to understand that there have been good decisions and bad decisions made in the times of the Bible and all those were used for your purpose and plan. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us to see your will being done through all that is going on. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, because of the hymn I've chosen, we're moving what would have been the closing hymn forward to listen to it before uh, we come to study God's word. Uh, So we're coming to listen and reflect upon the words of the praise, Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. 
we're coming to this portion of Scripture, anticipating that God will speak to us. Our text for today is verse 9. But David said to Abishai, Don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? That's the verse that we want to focus on, the verse that we want to be able to take home and to concentrate and base our study upon today. And so to that end, I come to you with a question. I come and ask you, have you ever had a bad boss? Have you ever had a bad leader? A bad politician? A bad football manager? A bad minister? What do you do about it? Would you respect them? Or would you rebel against them? And that, that, folks, is the situation that we find David in. David here, in this reading, he was in a pickle. He was confronted with this question because David had a bad boss. He had a bad king. So what should he do? Should he show respect or should he lead a rebellion against King Saul? And then, just to mix it all up a bit, there are also these wee bad rips called the Zephonites. And they were always agitating and they're always egging Saul on to attack David. So, so if you this morning could put yourselves in David's shoes, if I could try and put myself in David's shoes and you could feel the pressure and the threat that David was under, you, you have a ba- bad boss and you know that if, if the boss was gone, that you'd be the next managing director. If the boss was gone, you'd be next in line for the promotion. You'd be the next club manager. You'd be the next political party leader. And deep down you think to yourself, you know what? I could do a far better job than them. So when it comes to the next board meeting or whenever it comes to the next committee meeting that you're involved in, are are you going to shaft the boss? Are you going to shame him, as we said to the boys and girls, so that they have to leave or resign so that you can seize the reins and take control? It's worth thinking about. It happens Week in, week out, there are plenty of examples and it may be quite relevant and may be quite personal to your life at this point in time. And yet when it comes to political and spiritual leadership, they stand in a different category to a football club manager or the managing director of a company, important as they all are. The Bible teaches and we should believe that God has raised up people to be our political and our spiritual leaders. And by virtue of that, they warrant a position of higher respect as people appointed by God to a place of authority over us, as we read from Romans 13 in our call to worship. So before you answer that question about your boss or your manager or your political leader, bear in mind that David is having a rough time. We could say that David was, on one hand, he was having a rough time at work. Or, in football terms, he was having a rough time on and off the pitch. Or financially, 
things were in a delicate state for him. And you could think about how you go to, to the meeting or the gathering and how it's you that gets the blame for everything that's going wrong. How you're the one that always has to take the flack. Well, that's what life was like for David. King Saul had been trying to kill him over the past few chapters and Saul has been out to get David. If we think back over the previous chapters of 1 Samuel, chapter 18, King Saul tried to trick David into getting killed. He told David to to go out and to bring back the foreskins of a hundred Philistines and he would give them his daughter in marriage. One evening, Saul tried to pin David to the wall with a spear. Chapter 24, Saul went out to attack David. Chapter 26 that we're in now, King Saul has 3,000 soldiers and they are seeking to kill David. Now, fancy a boss like that. Fancy a boss that you had to work with every day of the week. A boss that in some shape or form was out to get you. It makes it very uncomfortable. It makes it very uneasy to to be content about your work if you think, well, the boss is just trying to find something to trip me up. He just wants to shaft me to get rid of me. Have you ever had an enemy or have you ever had someone who attacked you at every opportunity? Have you ever had someone who hated you, who who spread lies about you, who who wanted rid of you? What would you do if you had the chance to get rid of them? What would you do if you had the chance to get your own back? Would you let it pass you by or would you do something about it? And that's the pickle that David finds himself in. And so what advice this morning would you give David in his situation? What should David do? And in turn, whenever we're faced with this, what should we do? If you remember in the, in the cave, as we talked about, uh, the, the, the close shave back in chapter 24, David's friends, they were telling David to put an end to Saul whenever he had a chance. You remember Saul came into the cave to relieve himself. David was hiding at the back. The boy said, look, David, go on, go on. You get him now, get him. And David said, no, we're not. And all those who had next to grind, they joined around Saul, or around David, to have a go at Saul. And they could encourage and they could tempt David with the poison chalice of self-righteousness. David, it's the right thing to do. Get rid of him. Or with spite and revenge, it's the right thing to do. And I think being human, most of us... we would seek to take the easy option, wouldn't we? We, We've got others supporting us, so we must be right. We have the moral high ground. We've done the right thing. And we could just get rid of Saul and get rid of the problem and have an easy life. Humanly speaking, isn't that how we'd be inclined? Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't strike him twice. Abishai was keen to do it. 
after all that they had, he had accompanied David and they'd made their way through this camp of soldiers, right to the heart of the camp, right to the king. And Abishai says, right, we're going to do it. David says, no, we're not. All they did was they lifted the jug of water, they lifted the spear. But David said to Abishai, don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? Just as David spared Saul in the cave, he spares Saul again. David had a respect for God. He had a respect for his king. He had a respect for his political and spiritual leaders. David said in verse 10, As surely as the Lord lives, he said, the Lord himself will strike him or his time will come and he will die or he will go into battle and perish. But verse 11, folks, but the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. David last week was all fired up to wipe out Nabal and his men. But this week we receive the respect that David holds for the man that God has appointed as king of the nation. And it begs us to ask, as we watch the TV, as we read the papers, it begs us to ask, do we have the same degree of respect for our leaders? Whenever we see political leaders on the TV, do we do much ranting and roaring? Are we full of praise or are we realistic or do we get our blood up? You can ask me about it sometime if you want, but I'm sure we're all no different. But we're called here in God's word to respect those that God has placed in political and spiritual leadership and government. And if we have a problem with those in authority, we're never supposed to to shame as we talk to the boys and girls in letter S or we're not supposed to undermine them if we have a problem with those in authority we're not supposed to go and complain behind their backs or we're not supposed to go over their heads if we have a problem with those in authority we're not supposed to gossip or slander or even think bad things about them the next time that someone complains to you about the queen now, I was watching a, a program last night about the Queen and the Prime Ministers and how they all either got on or didn't get on with each other. It's quite interesting. But if someone complains to you about the Queen or, or the Prime Minister, can we then respond by saying something positive? The next time someone complains to you about the Church or the Minister, can we then respond by saying something positive? Or, or the complaint about the elders or the teachers or, or the activities. Can we think of something positive that we can say back? And then encourage that individual or those people. Encourage them to avoid the criticism, avoid the gossip, and to pray for their leaders. And that then may be used as a turning point to transform things for the better. Today, the choice is ours. 
like Saul, and there was a Saul in the Old Testament that we're focused on, but there was a Saul in the New Testament. And in both cases, the Saul in the Old Testament, the Saul in the New Testament, they went hunting after their enemies. Saul, King Saul was after David. In the New Testament, Saul was after the Christians. And all of this was availed as a righteous campaign to do good. But can we be like David? Can we love and can we support those in authority over us? Because Christian believer, everything that we do and everything that we put out there by our words and by our actions, by our speech, even if we think it's in secret, it sends a message. It sends a message to our children. And we're thinking about that in the second commandment about how we have an influence on the generations, the third and the fourth and so on. It has an influence on our congregation, those that we worship with. What, what we say has an impact on those who are not believers. So if we disrespect the leader, whoever they may be, then we have to appreciate that we're teaching others to disrespect those who are in leadership. We're teaching others to do the same. And remember then the text in verse 9. But David said to Abishai, Don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? Are you, am I, willing to take that risk by criticizing and undermining those in authority? You'll hear people say that you have to earn respect but according to the Bible, that's not quite correct. Because God wants us to respect people because he has allowed them to be in the place right where they are. And as I was preparing for the Bible class with the boys and girls or the young people, we're in the story of Ruth. And Naomi went through a rough time. Our family left home because of no food, they went to Moab. She lost her husband, she lost her two sons, and she came back to Bethlehem. But yet, no, that was God's plan to bring about the birth of a Savior. And so we have to realize that what's going on in the world, whether we categorize it as good or bad, God is sovereign, and His plan, and His perfect plan, is being worked out through it. Colossians says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. If you've got difficulties with your manager, with your boss, your business partner, whatever, then look beyond that and say, I'm doing it to serve the Lord. It's the Lord that we are serving. Whenever it comes to respect, Jesus on this earth he respected the government. In Mark 12, a group of Pharisees, they asked him about paying taxes. And he said that they should render unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God's. And so we show much love and respect for our 
spiritual and to our political leaders. And the greatest way that we can show that respect to them is to pray for them. Because folks, they need, they need a lot of wisdom. And prayer is a way to lay hold on the power and the will of Almighty God. So we encourage you to pray and we encourage you to pray for those in spiritual and political authority. So as we prepare to leave today, we're reminded that Scripture teaches that governmental leaders are ordained of God and that they are worthy of God's respect. That spiritual leaders are ordained by God and they're worthy of our respect. So as we go out into the week, let us determine to go deeper in God's word in every aspect of our lives, exploring things like respect for those in authority. Let us respect our leaders and renew our commitment to pray for them regularly. Let us love brothers and sisters, recognizing and striving to understand that we are different. We hold different perspectives and different points of view in life. But let's respect those and let's live together. And then finally, let us grow in respect for our political and spiritual leaders who have been appointed by God, remembering the, the warning that comes in verse 9. But David said to Abishai, don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? Amen. Let's pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace as you go out to live a life filled with respect for spiritual and political leaders. Amen. Amen. Uh, folks, just as you make your way out, you're coming to terms with all the arrangements in a great way, and that's much appreciated. And just when you're going out, I know it's easy to get huddled up, but if you could remember just to keep the two meters distancing as you make your way out through the various doors, and that would be helpful and encouraging to all. So thank you, and every blessing for the week ahead. Thank you.